Hey y'all, welcome to the second episode of season two of the Creatives Potluck podcast. I am so happy to be back. Recording regularly again has been so fun. Honestly, such a highlight amongst all of the stuff happening right now. We just experienced another cold snap here in Texas, which brought back a bunch of really bad memories from the 2021 freeze here from last year. If you know, you know. Anyway, glad you're here. This week's potluck is made up of a bunch of appetizers, finger foods that are related to creative collaboration. In this episode, I want to talk about the past year and give you some behind the scenes on the projects that I've been working on and some key learning specifically as it pertains to working with other people in the creative space. As I mentioned in the last episode, the past year or so has been a roller coaster for me when it comes to creating regularly, podcasting. But if you haven't been following along or have no idea what I'm talking about, let me give you a super quick timeline. So I launched season one of the Creatives Potluck podcast in October of 2020. And, you know, a couple months went by. It was six episodes long, seven episodes, I think. Then posted the season finale on Christmas Day. So December 25th, 2020 with every intention of taking a one-month break and then coming back with season two in February of 2021. It was around that time that I told myself that I wanted to find a creative collaborator, you know, reflecting on the first season and, you know, all of these learnings. I was like, you know, it'd be really great if there was another person that I could work with to create something together, whatever that might look like. Someone to really bounce ideas off of and really have like a mutually beneficial partnership so we could you know create something cool so I had put that out into the universe and I really didn't know what that would look like but I knew that if I made it a goal I could seek that out as I you know continued to create well one month break from TCP ended up being a full year because I was on the board of the Austin chapter of women in film and television and they wanted to start a podcast so I started that one with a few of the folks on the board and a volunteer committee, and it was totally unintentional, but here it was, a team of collaborators just dropped in my lap. And then at the same time, Selena the series on Netflix was premiering, so naturally me and a couple of my friends wanted to talk about it. And so we thought that a podcast would be a really great outlet for our conversations. Now, I was working with two of my closest friends in a creative capacity, which is something I've never done before. And so that was a new thing for me and was really introducing a new aspect to all three of our relationships to one another. So these two shows took me into like spring of 2021, and I really did not have the capacity to bring back the creative spotlight when I wanted to. And then season two of Selena, the series came out. So had to keep tip voices going because of course, and in tandem was also working on the Wift Austin show. And it was around the summertime, early summer, that I got the opportunity to work with Hyper Real Film Club on a 12-part limited series about Texas film. So really had to evaluate my time and effort and figure out if this was the right thing for me. And since this project was like the dream project for me, it was like Texas film, which is something I love, and podcasting, which is something I've been, you know, building my skills on and flexing my muscles with. It was kind of the best 
thing for me. So I made the decision to step away from the WIFT show, which I also stepped down from the board. And then the natural end of TIFF Voices happened. So right after TIFF Voices, I rolled right into Texas Hillman Focus. It was just like boom, 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 one after another, show after show. So then after Texas Hillman Focus, I really had to give myself a hiatus because as you could imagine, all of these shows required a lot of time and energy. And I really didn't have the space to process a lot of life stuff throughout the year. So I took some time to rest and reflect and yeah, just tried to recharge a little bit to get back in a space where, you know, I could have a little bit more clarity. So that's the quick version of the timeline. I know that is a lot, but the past year has basically been a boot camp of playing nice in the sandbox, so to speak, and really flexing my communication skills to the absolute limit. So I want to share what I've learned, and hopefully you'll find this useful, whether you're seeking out a partner for the first time, or even if you've been working with others for a long time and you're looking to switch it up a bit, because working in the creative space with other people introduces a lot of challenges. So really want to talk through that stuff. So one One of my first major observations, or I guess like lesson learned, was that like every person on this planet processes and executes in a different way. Some people really want to have real-time brainstorms in person and really thrive on that kind of creative flow, while other people really need to take time to process and they feel better coming up with solutions after they've had the time to think through issues or the topic at hand, right? And sometimes if you're not prepared to accommodate those differences with someone else or with the team overall, it can cause some friction and people might get frustrated and that absolutely impacts the way that you create together. And then of course, the final product, right? So what does accommodating look like? So for me, it's Options, having options, having options to work independently and then coming together, allowing space for follow-ups in some other forum like email or a shared Google Doc, or even having designated times to dive deeper into the logistics details after creative session so that you can keep the good stuff flowing without getting bogged down by the to-do list of it all. All of this, though, is contingent on good communication, like any relationship, right? Now, since I'm not a relationship expert by any means, that work you'll have to do on your own. But trust me, it's totally worth it if you plan to work with other humans throughout your career. So definitely prioritize that. Okay, so now let's talk scheduling. We all have a million things going on at once, and it's a lot to wrangle schedules. And oftentimes, it's super difficult, and a lot of things are outside of our control. And I personally will never tell anyone how to spend their time or how to spend their money. And those are two things that I truly trust is on everyone as an individual. You tell me you're not available, I'm not going to push it or negotiate. I expect that from others as well. It's up to you to make those parameters known. So here's a couple things that will help and make things clear. So one, there is no need to explain to anyone why you're not available. If you need that day to rest, all you need to say is I'm unavailable, period. That's all you got to do. Two, make clear plans. Nail something down instead of leaving it ambiguous in case you can squeeze something in between other obligations. While it may seem like you're trying to accommodate, it really puts others in a place of uncertainty, making it really difficult for them to make definitive plans otherwise. We all know that things happen, so a plan with a reschedule is always better than a maybe around this time-ish, kind of on this day, fluidy plan. That kind of spontaneity absolutely has a place, so just be mindful of things that need to happen versus things that would be nice to happen. This may be just a me thing since I'm super 
punctual and have a weird thing about time and schedules in general. But if scheduling has been an issue for you in the past, think about these things. Okay, so virtual collaboration versus in-person collaboration. This has been a topic of conversation, I feel, for the past two years, right? As soon as people were working from home or where we had to be a little bit flexible on how we're interacting with other people, this is absolutely something that's just been kind of a constant conversation. And I've, I've got a take. So I've spent the majority of my time the past two years in my apartment by myself, fostering and growing relationships virtually. And this has actually been one of the most fruitful times for me, friendship-wise. But for some in-person collaboration works better for them. Remember when I was talking about how everyone works differently? Now think about those times that a meeting could have been an email. I'm talking more so about how to find the balance between the two for certain scenarios. For me, I like to be in person for broader brainstorms where we're thinking through big ideas with several people. I'm such a visual person, so a good whiteboarding session with breaks in between really helps my brain. And being who I am too, like I use that time to build relationships or to make relationships stronger. So those in-between snack times or coffee breaks where you're just kind of chatting really aid in that. Instances where virtual makes sense is like planning sessions where you're making logistics-related lists together or working through details in a budget, looking through calendars, all that stuff that you need like multi-tabs open and being able to share screen in those virtual tools is a lot more efficient than everyone huddled by a laptop where you can get easily distracted or if you're like casting to a TV monitor and not everyone's paying attention. Like it's sometimes easier to just see everyone in a shared screen situation for that kind of stuff. And in terms of email, like all of the FYI information, the stuff that you're using to inform other people, Use email for that. Don't meet if you can just give updates via email. Is there a decision that needs to be made easily? Evaluate whether or not that you need to go deep into that to make a call. But sometimes it's just a simple yes or no or quick feedback that you can get to a solution faster than wrangling all those calendars again to move forward. Okay, next topic is managing disagreements. Again, not a relationship expert at all. So I want to keep this one very brief. What I've learned is that if there are disagreements, you need to talk about them. This is where that individual communication work comes into play. That looks different for everyone. It shows up different in every scenario. And all I can do is go back to Brene Brown's mantra of clear is kind. So the best thing that you can do for someone is to provide clarity so that you both can move forward. And that's all I'll say about that. Knowing when to cut your losses. Okay, so what I mean by that is getting in tune with knowing your capacity and where you can and can't be helpful. It's no use to anyone if you're showing up and going through the motions. So always asking, how can I be helpful here is going to get you closer to understanding your role. And if there's a point where you can't answer that question, consider taking a step back. Zoom out and see the big picture. Be honest with yourself. And if you don't see yourself contributing in an effective way, only you and your collaborator can really determine this dynamic. So you both need to be willing and open to talk about these things, right? And your collaborator might need to take a step back. So what does that mean for you? You can't make your best work under this kind of stress. So it's in your best interest to make that happen. Okay, now I know all of this sounds like relationship advice and maybe it is, I don't know. All I know is that I've been able to have better relationships with more folks in developing projects than ever before and actually just got out of a relationship. So maybe they're not the same, I don't know. Again, 
working on this together, y'all. So I want to hear your learnings. Are you in a collaborative relationship with anyone and have thoughts around how to keep things strong while creating great work? That's all I have for y'all this time, but I want to remind you to follow the show on social at The Creative Spotluck on Instagram. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm at Esrae Lopez. That's S-R-A-E-L-O-P-E-Z on Instagram as well. And in the last episode, I mentioned a newsletter. That sign up will be coming very soon. So you'll be able to get the link in my bio in either of those accounts. And those newsletters will start going out in March. Also, cool thing coming up, I was interviewed for a YouTube show all about the new season of the Creative Spotluck podcast. So if you want to see me interviewed on YouTube, I will post the link in my bio as per usual uh, as soon as it goes live. So anyway, I hope y'all got something useful out of this episode and I'll see you next time.